think we've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We rock it like you're never gonna see us again. Come on And Pure Gold is live on the air for this December 13th, 2011. Welcome to year two of the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Pacino, along with my tag team partner and co-host for year number two, David Gomez. Sir, how are you tonight? I'm doing fabulous. Just excited about this year, the second year of Pure Gold, as you so eloquently pointed out, sir. <laughs> so... Year two is, you know, begins tonight, and um, what a show we had on Saturday, huh? Yeah, quite a show. It was uh, it was amazing, sir. It was PG. It was pure gold all the way. Probably one of the best shows ever, ever in the history of pure gold. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It was also nice to get a pure gold plug or a PG plug on Raw last night by our good friend, the Road Dog. Yeah, well, I mean, we could always do that. <laughs> we could always get into that a little bit uh, a little bit later, sir. But yes, uh, it was good. That was nice of the road dog to do us that favor. And uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if he knew he was plugging us, but we'll take what we can get. You got it. But before we get our guest for this evening, let's give up the contact information, sir. Sir, as always, the contact information: seven one four three six four four seven two one. If you'd like to be a part of the show and call in. Talk to our guest, Miss New Jersey, the wonderful Miss New Jersey. We'll get into that in a minute. You can check out our great, and I mean great, top-notch, wonderful, amazing, probably the best, probably the best website on the planet, and not just because I'm the one who runs it. You can check out puregoldpg.com for all of your Pure Gold stuff. You can see all of our past interviews like what we did on Saturday, our one-year anniversary, the two-hour special. You can see our, our interview with Miss Texas USA. You can see our interview with uh, you know ROH Wrestling Superstar Caprice Coleman, all the other amazing interviews that we've done. It's just, I mean, if you want your Pure Gold fixed, that's the place to go, sir. All right, sir. Well, I'm drinking my Arizona iced tea as usual, but I know it looks like for the first time maybe ever we don't have a Miss Arizona on the show tonight. <laughs> well, I want to say this for the first time ever, considering that we had Miss Texas on the other day, and we've had Miss Oklahoma, and, you know, another state or two. But, folks, I am proud, and I am especially proud tonight, and privileged to have with us from our home state, after all these other states, we finally came to the place where both Joe and I were born. We are joined yes. by the one and only, the 2012, the reigning Miss New Jersey, Michelle Leonardo. Michelle, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing fabulous. We really appreciate you giving us a few minutes. And, you know, I, I know, Joe, and I joke about this, but the truth of the matter is that we started doing these uh, Miss, you know, the, like the pageant winners, basically, with uh, Miss USA from last year, and then it just kind of snowballed into five different states. And for some reason, we never got to Miss New Jersey. So I was like, you know what? I made it a mission. I had to look you up. I had to find out who Miss New Jersey was. And I had to. I made it my mission to get her on Pure Gold. So we definitely appreciate you giving us a few minutes to come on the air. Well, I am proud to be the first title holder from New Jersey to be on your show. Oh, you definitely are, Michelle. Now, tell us, uh, you're, you know, another thing, too, you're, you're the only, maybe not forever, but you're the only and the first 
raining Miss Anything to be on our show because we've gotten Miss Arizona 2009, 2010, you know, Miss USA 2010, but you're the first reigning um, pageant winner, so we really appreciate that, and it's exciting you know, for me personally. Now, you grew up in New Jersey, uh, am I correct? Yes, I've lived in New Jersey my entire life. Um, I go to school in Boston, but I'm back and forth a lot now with my title. Okay. Now, whereabouts did you grow up? Because I know I'm from North Jersey. Joe's from North Jersey. There's so many different towns that we have no clue, you know, how many towns are in this this wonderful state. What what town did you grow up in? Well, I'm a shore girl, but I'm a real Jersey shore girl. I'm not like, you know, the fake people that you see on the MTV show. I right. live in Titten I live in Titten Falls. It's about 10 minutes from the beach, um, but right now I'm living in Hoboken. Oh, okay. Hoboken I've heard of. Titten Falls I have never heard of. And that doesn't surprise me because every time, you know, I see these different things, I mean, so many random towns in New Jersey, it's like, wait, what's this, Titten Falls? Tinton? You know, I, I, I have no idea where that is, but, you know, I'll take your word for it, Jersey Shore, and thank God you're nothing like the people on TV because that is a horrible television show. But uh, aside from that, now tell us, what was it like to win Miss New Jersey and represent your home state? Well, it was really such a shock. I mean, I decided to compete for Miss New Jersey USA back in probably about June. Um, I watched Alyssa Campanella be crowned Miss USA 2011, and she actually crowned me Miss New Jersey Team USA 2008. So I really didn't have any, like, desire to compete this year for Miss USA until I saw her be crowned, and then I had this, like, pageant bug. And from, like, that night, I was, like, (laughs) hardcore training back in the gym, getting my interview ready. Um, But, you know, I really went into this year just, hoping that I would place and get the experience again, which is what I did when I was a teen. I went in thinking that I was just going to get the experience. Little did I know I was going to walk away with the title. Um, But I really believe that everything happens for a reason. So I was crowned Miss New Jersey USA this year for for some reason. So, I mean, I'm I'm really proud and I'm (laughs) so blessed and thankful. And, I mean, I'm not letting a day go by where I don't do something with my title and give back in some way because when I was Miss New Jersey Teen USA 2008, the year had just flown by, and I don't want that to happen again this time, although I know it's going to. But Right, um, right. Now, now tell us, Michelle, what exactly are your duties as Miss New Jersey? Well, the Miss Universe organization, um, the Miss USA girls, they work with Susan G. Coleman, USO, um, and best buddies. So I will have the opportunity to work with a few of those charities, but besides that, I also travel around New Jersey making appearances um, with different organizations and things like that. So far, I've done Snowflake Awards. I actually last Wednesday, which was such an honor, I was able to attend the USO's 50th Annual Armed Services Gala and Medal of Honor Dinner. And I mean, I, that I know that I have Ten, ten and a half months left of my reign, and I get to go to Miss USA. But being a guest that night was probably is going to be the highlight of my reign because I was so humbled and honored to have that experience. Um, it was just so touching to see so many different divisions of the military come together, and it was such a beautiful night. Um, and I've also, gosh, I've done things for breast cancer awareness. Um, wow. I actually, I talked at my school, my, my university, to um, the Suffolk University pageantry competitive class. A little shout-out to them. Um, <laughs> wow. So far. Busy girl. Yeah. Hey, Michelle. Yeah, I've <laughs> been busy. 
I can see that. Jeez. How, how does one qualify to be a Miss New Jersey? Anybody can be Miss New Jersey. It just starts with a dream and, and a goal. Um, you know, it's not about if you're five foot ten and you look like a runway model. You just have to lead a healthy life. You have to be a smart, savvy girl. You know, when you walk into a room, you want to be able to grab everyone's attention. Um, you know, you just want to be a well-rounded individual who has a desire to make a difference. Wow. Sorry, Michelle, I'm just looking through my notes here. Um, I guess my, my next question is, um, what what do you have to do to prepare for Miss USA? Boy, well, I took about a month off. The first week that I won Miss New Jersey USA, I ate an entire red velvet cake from Carlos's Bakery, which is where they, they filmed the cake boss. Um, oh, wow. But now I'm starting <laughs> to get into my training mode where I, I was going to the gym twice a day, once at 6 o'clock in the morning to go to spin class with my best friend Nicole, and then once at night when I was done with classes, um, I, you know, I keep up with all the current events and the political issues that are going on because it seems the past few years at Miss USA, the final question always comes down to something political and hot in the news. So I don't want to be thrown off by, you know, one of those questions. Um, Just, you know, preparing in every aspect, whether it comes to swimsuit or my evening gown walk, the interview portion. I've already started shopping for my wardrobe. Last night I actually got my interview dress, which I'm in love with, and last week I got my evening gown. I designed my evening gown. Sherry Hill created something so amazing amazing, and exactly what I envisioned in my head, so I'm so happy to have that. Um, I'm just starting to count down the days to Miss USA gets here. Unfortunately, they haven't told us when or where it's going to be. I'm hoping Vegas because I've been to Vegas twice. I went with my mom once, and my dad has mm-hmm. never been, so he is really hoping that it's in Vegas. If it's not, I think wow. he's going to be a little bit disappointed. <laughs> wow. Now, um, what? Are you let me just ask Dave real fast. Um, yeah, you, you, you seems like you have a a bigger purpose. Uh, what, what do you expect to get out of like the Miss USA pageant? Like, what's your overall goal? Besides walking away with the crown. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I I get the feeling that you want to turn that into something even better for yourself and for maybe your family and friends. Of course. Um, you know, Miss USA, even just being Miss New Jersey USA, already opens up a lot of doors and gives you many opportunities to network. Already I've met two individuals that have said to me, oh, send me your resume, come into the office, come, you know, see the studio and uh, – in that aspect, because right now I'm a student at Suffolk University. As I said, I'm a broadcast journalism student, and someday I'd really like to have Erin Andrews' job. I'd love to be, like, on the sidelines at Giant Stadium or in the dugout at Yankee Stadium and um, and be doing what she's doing. So this, this title just gets me in the door and lets me meet people who are going to help me with that opportunity. Wow. That's awesome. And you mentioned the Erin Andrews thing now, uh, sidetracking from the whole uh, pageantry thing for a second. Uh, you told me that you're uh, you're a sports fan. You like one team that I will not mention because, well, you know we we hate that team. But um, <laughs> you said you're a Giants and a Jets no. fan. Now explain that to me because Joe's a oh, lifelong Jets me. fan. I'm sorry, Michelle. You, what was that? You talking about my precious Yankees? 
Um, I, 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 I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear you. I, I don't, I don't recognize that team. Not on this show. We don't, we don't discuss. I see blue. You better be careful here. <laughs> that is my team. Ever since I was born, I've been a Yankee fan. Oh my gosh! And they won the 1996 World Series. My uncle, he was good friends with Don Zimmer, and we all went out to dinner with the team and the coaches. So ever since then, I have been a die-hard Yankee fan. I think we're going to have to cut this interview short. Listen, Michelle, we really just appreciate you. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, all right, well, that aside, you're a, you're a Giants and a Jets fan, and we'll get back to the pageant questions in a second, but since, since that came up, um, explain that to us, because Joe's a lifelong Jets fan, I'm a Giants fan, and, and I, I don't dislike the Jets, but I can't imagine actively rooting for both teams. So, uh, So break that down for me. Okay, so my dad's a Jets fan, so I grew up a Jets fan. Um, but when the Giants, the Giants season where they won the Super Bowl, I actually got into being more of a Giants fan. And, you know, it was weird. I'm not really like, you know, what do they say? Like, that, like, team chaser, war, like, um, saying. Front runner. Front runner? you talking about? There we go. Not like a front runner or anything like that. But it was just the way that they were playing that season. They really just, I don't know, they were like the heart of New York. So I really got into them. But more recently, I really like Mark Sanchez. I think that he's going to grow to be a great quarterback, at least I'm hoping. Um, you know, I think the last game he completed four touchdown passes, which is really impressive. So I'm hoping that that through the next couple of years that he's going to, I don't know, become a really great quarterback for for the Jets. Right, right. Joe, you got any, anything on that since you're a big Jets fan? Um, you know, I'm glad that you follow the Jets, and yeah, hopefully you're right about that. That's a lot to say. I mean, it seems like you're, you're. It seems like you're very competitive, Michelle. So, the fact that the Giants and Jets are called New York, does that bother you? Since we live in New Jersey. No, no, that doesn't bother me at all. I mean, each other for it's like ten minutes outside of the city. I mean, I live in Hoboken. I consider myself, you know, almost almost in New York. So, almost. I mean, that doesn't really bother me. No. <laughs> All right, Michelle, yeah. let's sidetrack that for a second. Now, getting back to the peasant questions, you mentioned this earlier, but you were also um, Miss Teen, Miss New Jersey Teen USA in, in 2008. Now, tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, so I <laughs> – it's a funny story. My mom actually submitted my picture um, into the pageant for me to be – a state finalist, and I had no idea. I actually received a phone call on my 16th birthday telling me that I was accepted to be a contestant for the past, and I really had no idea what they were talking about because I never submitted any sort of application. Um, but I did pageant starting when I was five years old, and when I was about nine, I stopped because I danced my whole life, and I really wanted to pursue, you know, a dance career when I was younger. Um, but she submitted my application, and we really, I mean, I knew nothing about the the grown-up world of pageantry. I knew nothing about what type of gown to get or shoes or anything like that. I, I mean, my evening gown shoes, they're about like a half an inch, and now they're like six inches. It's, it's so crazy how much I've learned through the years. So when I went to Miss New Jersey Teen USA, I went in with the idea that I just wanted to gain the experience and see what it was like and hopefully go back the next year and win. But I ended up winning that, that night. And it's so funny. I say to people, you know, the only reason why I think I really won is my final question because 
my final question was, if you could be a man for one week, what would you do? And I said, like, right away, I go, I wouldn't want to be a man for one week. And all, like, the women in the audience said it was just the funniest thing, crack up, and that was just me being me. I mean, I really had no desire to be a man. I loved being Michelle, and I was so proud of everything that I've done in my life. That was basically my answer. But then I got on to say that I would be Johnny Depp because I think he's a wonderful actor, and I'd love to be able to be on the set that he is. So... Because if you look at pictures from what I want, I mean, I have these bangs that, like, stuck straight out. I had, like, the worst haircut. I was the shortest one out of the group because I didn't know that I was supposed to have on six-inch heels. So I really think that the reason why I won that night is just because I was natural on stage because of being a dancer. I was used to being on the stage, under the lights, in front of an audience. And because I was just being me, I wasn't being patch and patty. I, just, I honestly gave a final answer that was true to who I was. Wow. Well, that's, that's that's definitely some uh, some good stuff. Um, now, I know that Joe asked you a similar question before, but I'm curious. You said all you need is a dream to be in Miss New Jersey and all that. But do you have to live in the state of New Jersey? Do you have to be from New Jersey? How does all that work? Because I noticed that um, uh, Alyssa Campanella, who is Miss USA 2011, and this will be the second part of my question, um, she's the current Miss USA. She was originally from New Jersey, but then she became Miss California, and now she's Miss USA. How does all that work? Okay, so in order to compete for a certain state, you have to be a resident or you have to have lived there for at least six months. So I could have competed for Massachusetts if I wanted to because I'm a student there. I'm a full-time student. But right. yeah, I had I had the choice of either being from New Jersey because that's my primary residency um, or Massachusetts, but I couldn't imagine representing another state other than my home. I mean, New Jersey's who I am, and I, I couldn't just turn my back on them. And I also... I was Miss New Jersey Teen USA. I had the best directors and I had the best organization staff that worked with me and I, I needed to, them to be with me again. So I, I just couldn't imagine working with anyone else. I mean, I'm sure they're fabulous up in Massachusetts. Everyone that's involved in this pageant family is just amazing in every way. But, you know, Debbie, Cindy, and Rayanne, they've had my back through everything and, and I needed them for this experience too. Wow. wow. That's good stuff. From what I read, Michelle, that you and Miss USA 2011 Alyssa Campanella are close. From what I from what I read, is that true? And tell us what that's like. Well, yeah, tell us I what mean, she's like. Actually, <laughs> sorry. Alyssa's a very real person. Um, she'll tell you like it is. I, I've kept in touch with Alyssa ever since I won Miss New Jersey Teen USA, and I was so happy that she won Miss USA because it's something that she wanted. I know really badly, um, and she definitely deserved it. So. She's a she's such a she's such a great person. She really is. That's great. What, what do you um? What do you share in common? Like, give me something that you guys share in common. What do we share in common? Oh, she loves to cook. I know that. I'm you know when she's done being Miss USA, I know she's hoping to get her own like cooking show. So when I okay. just started cooking recently. <laughs> I'm actually getting pretty good. Last night I made a great London broil and I'm really proud of myself. It came out perfectly. But we're both like foodies. We love like <laughs> delicious food and like delicious desserts. Do you by chance shop at Whole Foods? I shop at Whole Foods and I'm up in Boston actually. Do you really why That's do you ask? Well, um I might know somebody that works there, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I shop in Whole Foods up in Boston. When I'm I'm in New Jersey, it's usually like A and P or ShopRite. Yeah, okay. we can't we can't get into uh, specifics on that, but uh, Joe definitely knows somebody who works at Whole Foods. And as a matter of fact, 
Joe and I met about, I don't know, way too many years ago, but we first met. Uh, he was actually my supervisor at A&P, so, you know, we have some uh, some fond memories of those uh, fine establishments. But, Michelle, you know, shopping habits aside, tell us and tell the fans, what does the future hold for you, and how can the fans either get a hold of you or follow what's going on in your in your career? Sure. Well, I have my Facebook and my Twitter page. My Facebook page is facebook.com backslash Miss New Jersey USA. And my Twitter page is twitter.com backslash real Miss New Jersey USA. Um, you're all also welcome to email me. It's Miss New Jersey USA 2012 at gmail.com. And as for what the future holds for me, um, you know, like I said earlier, I believe that everything happens for a reason. So no matter what happens to me at Miss USA. It's not going to be the last that you hear of me. I, I have big career dreams and aspirations. I I want to be the next Aaron Andrews, but besides that, I also want to try my hand at acting. I've been doing that as well my whole life. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely really? worth a shot. Acting? What kind of acting are you interested in? I see myself on, like, a soap opera or a show like 90210 or Gossip Girl. It's, that's just my personality. So, you know, I'm pretty, I can be pretty dramatic. So I feel like I'm fitting great there, but wherever the, wherever the wind takes me, I just I know that I'm that I should be in front of a camera because it's something that I've been doing my whole life and I really feel comfortable. Now I switched my major at school one semester to political science because I wanted to be a lawyer and I still do. I'm really good at debating. I'm very opinionated. That's everyone that's close to me would agree, and I won't drop an argument until I prove my point. Um, but I took a, I took a healthcare reform class, and that just put me over the edge. I knew that it wasn't for me, and I needed to go back to broadcast journalism because it's something that I'm natural at. Well, so hopefully the future holds things for me. Yeah, well, we'll definitely we definitely believe that the future holds some big things for you. And hey, if I ever uh, if I ever have to fire Joe for whatever reason, I mean, I could always use a you know co-host. I'll make sure to get you on the air since you seem to be so good at. Uh, you know, public speaking and whatnot and just uh, sharing your opinion. And if you want to be the next Aaron Andrews, I mean, what better format than to, you know, be a part of a, a sports talk show like like this one? <laughs> Anytime you need a guest talk show host, please call me because I would love to do that. I definitely will. So, Joe, you got, you're got you on notice. You'll be gone uh, in, in a couple of months. But, uh, listen, uh, Michelle, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. And, you know, again, thank you so much just for, uh, for taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk to us here at Pure Gold. And hopefully – You'll go on to win Miss New Jersey and uh, Miss New Jersey, excuse me, Miss USA, and then you can come back on the air here at the, with PG and uh, you know discuss that whole experience. Oh, my pleasure, and of course I would, you know, if it's meant to be in June, if I win Miss USA, of course I will come back and talk to you guys about that experience because uh, that'll <laughs> just be crazy. That is awesome, Michelle. Thank you so very much, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Folks, that was the one and only Miss New Jersey 2012, Michelle Leonardo. JB? You know, sir, I mean, we've had quite a few Miss uh, throughout the country, you know, having Miss Texas, Miss Arizona, now Miss New Jersey. I I just got to tell you that, um, you know, after every interview, I just get more and more impressed with these ladies. I think that the audience... And myself uh, is just learning that these people go and enter these beauty pageants not just to win because of their looks, but they do have, like I was trying to mention to Michelle, a higher purpose. They really want to parlay this fame into something good, and they really want to help and contribute to society. 
I agree, and Michelle, you know, really seems like she has her head on her shoulders, and she seems to be really, uh, you know, like she, like I said, she's the type that she'll be successful uh, in the long term because she knows what's going on, she knows the deal, and much like uh, basically all all the wonderful guests that we've had, really just a uh, a good role model for for young ladies because you know they really need that now considering the society that we live in and considering the way that things are. Somebody like Michelle is just a great role model for the girls here in New Jersey. I, I just think it's great that the girls here in New Jersey can have that type of person to look up to. And honestly speaking, there's so many um, bad role models. I mean, she mentioned the whole she mentioned the whole thing about Jersey Shore, which is you know a lot of people from New Jersey like. I mean, the show is garbage, sir. It's absolute garbage. It's trash. And there's so many young girls, unfortunately, who look up to Snooki and. I mean, you know, again, not to cast aspersions on her uh, as a person. I mean, you know, who, who am I to judge? But truthfully, she's a horrible role model just based on what she does on the show and what I've heard. Definitely not a good role model, but somebody like Michelle, who's from New Jersey, born and raised here, somebody who takes pride in the state, um, that's definitely the type of girl that you want your uh, your daughter or whoever the case is to you know, to look up to, sir. Yeah, definitely. And, um you mentioned Snooky, but you know she won a Slammy last night. Oh please, well let's you know we can get into that slop fest later on. But I'm not I'm not exactly sure if I want to talk about uh, Snooky and all that other that that mess um, as far as the WWE. But uh, sir, we definitely you know it's good stuff. Definitely some good stuff there as far as uh, Miss New Jersey. So we appreciate that. Of course, we appreciate her taking some time. We appreciate her you know doing what she. Uh, which he does best, sir. Um, and it's interesting. Like I said, it took us this long to get a Miss New Jersey, to get somebody from the state that we live in. And it's so awesome that tonight, right after our one-year anniversary, we were able to get her on the air and just, you know, again, uh, your job is pretty much uh, set, sir. You're going to be gone pretty soon, so let's just uh, let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, I mean, unbiasedly, I I hope Miss New Jersey wins it all, so we can have her back on our show as a pure gold exclusive. Oh, of course, uh, you know she was a, she was a good guest, and like you said, it just we we you know we're impressed by these women, we're impressed by these ladies because of the stuff that they that they do, the the wonderful, um, you know, just the examples that they can be, and just just good good people, good people, sir. So definitely, uh, you know, happy to have her on the air. And we actually have quite a few other, I, I don't know what the word is. I guess just be, I'll leave it as simple, you know, beauty pageant winners. We have a couple of beauty pageant winners who are coming soon. Um, we're going to have Miss Pennsylvania in two weeks, uh, Amber Jo Watkins. We're going to have, the, and this is a little different, so I know you're going to be con- a little confused because I was confused. We're actually going to have Maryland Miss 2011, not Miss Maryland USA, but Maryland Miss 2011, um, Caitlin Wozniacki, or Wozniak, I, you know, forgive me, Caitlin, but she's going to be joining us, and she's going to be uh, she's an advocate for uh, eating disorder awareness. She dealt with that; she's a survivor of it, and just an amazing, amazing story. So, uh, Caitlin Wozniak, we're going to have her on the air at the beginning of the year. She'll be our first guest in uh, in 2012, sir. So, uh, you know, we're excited to have her, and we're just you know we have so many other guests that lined up that that are coming up. So, you know, we're going to try to touch all the 50 states before uh, you know we go down the tubes, sir. Yeah, and I think you've become so passionate about this that you actually could tell the audience here on Pure Gold the difference between Miss USA and Miss America. Is that correct? Yes, I finally found it out. I looked it up, and the difference between Miss USA and Miss America, quite simply, is that Miss USA, the girls who we've had on the show, um, and up until we have uh, 
Marilyn Miss Caitlin Wozniak, she'll be the first one, a beauty pageant winner who's not from that circuit. That is the biggest circuit in the country. It's not Miss America. It's Miss USA. And the Miss USA is owned by Donald Trump, and they're the ones who actually go out and compete in Miss Universe, which obviously is a big thing. Um, so, you know, we have that whole thing going on. Miss America is a smaller circuit pageant. I mean, regardless of what, they're all, you know, it, it, it's still a big thing to win. But at the beginning, I, I, I don't know why I thought we were looking at Miss uh, Miss America, but instead it's Miss USA. So we're we're just excited about that to have these wonderful women on the show. And our goal is to get every Miss from all forty-five states now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, wait. Uh, Fifty-seven, as President Obama says. My wife actually told me uh, yesterday or today. She's like, "What are you planning on? Uh, you have a lot of misses on your show. What are you planning on, on getting everybody? I mean, this is, is this a men's magazine we're talking about." And I was like, "No, dear." Uh, if it was a men's magazine, we would be degrading women and insulting women, and that's not what we do on Pure Gold. I tweeted this today, sir, but the truth of the matter is that we uh, we respect women on this show, and we respect their opinions. We we respect all the women who've come on this show, and, heck, even the ones who don't come on, you know, regardless of what. We're just appreciative to have these wonderful guests, and I think our show has really kind of take, kicked it up a notch because we have had so many different women on the show from different walks of life, um, you know, reporter. Well, we're going to have a reporter in Kim Jones, sports talk show host in Lauren Rubinson. We had Carissa Maxwell and all these different Miss uh, Arizona, New Jersey, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, of course, Miss Oklahoma, the wonderful Morgan Willard, who, you know, she's practically best friends now, so I decided to throw that out there. But, uh, I mean, we've had uh, just an amazing people on this show, and we actually have Miss uh, Miss Arizona 2012 who's going to be coming on. In the, I mean, Joe, I'm just telling you, it's just it's amazing that the pe- people that we've had um, appear on this show and, and the women especially have just been so, so gracious and they definitely know that we here on this show we support them we appreciate them I mean we had Miss Texas on she was amazing um, you know Anna Rodriguez and just the fact that they take time out of the schedule we, we you know we appreciate our guests we appreciate them coming on we appreciate them spending time with us because they could be doing anything it's 10 o'clock at night it's not like we're not shelling out cash for these people they're coming out of their own free will because you know they like the show or because they feel the need to you know, talk to the fans, so it's absolutely an honor and a privilege to have them on there. And speaking of which, you mentioned one of our previous guests, the Road Dog. Oh, you didn't know. He was, and there's only three things I'd like to touch on on Raw last night. He was on Raw last night, sir. Uh, I was busy, you know, unfortunately had some issues with my, my, my wife's side of the family, some, you know, some things going on, family issues. Um, you know, her, uh, her uncle actually passed away, unfortunately, uh, yesterday, so I was dealing with all of that. My my wife's uncle, my mother-in-law's brother, um, you know, back home in, in Venezuela. So you know, sad sad day for the, you know, the my my wife's side of the family. But uh, you know, we were there, we were taking care of that. So I didn't really pay much attention to Raw, as you can imagine. I had much more important things to do. But I did see through texts from you and later on this morning, um, looking up, that the Road Dog was there and he did give us a shout out, sir. There's uh, you know, maybe intensely or unintentionally, but I'd like to take it as a shout out. Yeah, I mean, he did mention that keeping it PG, I thought that was great because that's your catchphrase to end our show. So I know he meant it, meaning like how the WWE is PG these days, but it was just a nice little plug there. And, um, you know, the one thing that, you know, I have to mention is that he may never come on the show ever again now because he's it looks like he's 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 bound for TV again, and hopefully Billy Gunn is right behind him. I'd have to think that Billy's right behind him, but you're absolutely right. I doubt that Road Dog, uh, unless he gets fired, I doubt that he's going to come on our show again. Because if you see his Twitter handle now changed to WWE Road Dog, so that's, uh, you know, you're officially part of the company at that point. 
So there's no way that you can, uh, you know, I mean, the WWE now can trust him. Mick Foley, I, I give you an example. I tried to get Mick on the show, and by the time everything went through and, and they finally got back to me, it was too late because he's already part of the WWE, so all his interviews go through them now. So unfortunately, that you know, unless we make it big, which we will one day, that's that's probably not going to happen. We could probably still get Billy on the show, um, but I'm actually hoping that Billy does get rehired by the WWE because the tag team division is totally um, non-existent. If Dog is coming on the show, if he has a job, their Xbox has a job uh, training the guys. Why not Billy Gunn? Because let's me, Billy actually spent the most time with the company out of out, other than Shawn Michaels. I mean, actively, Billy Gunn was there for like ten or twelve years, you know, up until he got released in the mid, I think the mid two thousands. Billy was there for such a long time, so you know they need to bring him on. The, he's still in great shape for his age. Get the two of them out there. Get them wrestling. Get the New Age Outlaws back. You notice the PG? Oh, you didn't know. There was no A to that double crooked letter that was mentioned. It was, you better call somebody. So there was a slight difference, sir. But, uh, I mean, I would say I definitely expect Billy Gunn to show up on TV. If they could forgive Road Dogg for what happened, the whole Voodoo King Mafia and everything with Triple H, then why not bring Billy Gunn back into the fold, sir? Because Billy can still go. There's no doubt about it. You're right. And last night, um, I think we both could agree uh, but we'll probably agree a little differently. The fact that the Slammies are just a joke of a of a show. It's a three hour show, and you you know I I love your theory on how whenever there's a, there's a three hour show of wrestling, it's just crap, pure crap actually. And the fact that the Slammies were a three hour sh- uh, it was a three hour raw last night was really bad. So I'm interested to know what your other two points of interest are besides that one big plug by Road Dog. Well, uh, that obviously is number one, sir. Number two would be the return of one Amy Dumas, a.k.a. Lita. I was always a big fan of Lita's work uh, in the ring and uh, just her personality and stuff. She was a great you know, heel or face, whether she was with Edge or whether she was with the Hardy Boys. She was a great diva, so it was interesting to see her out there. They tried to. What I did like was you know, seeing Mick Foley, who's back in the fold, seeing, um, what's his face, Ted DiBiase, you know, seeing... People like that, it goes to show you that the WWE was trying to make, you know, Road Dogg, trying to get that whole vibe back of, you know, this is an important show, so we're bringing out important people in WWE history. So it's great to see Lita come out and present the Diva, what's this, Diva-licious, scum-licious moment of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my whole gripe about the Slammers, and I told you this earlier today, is the fact that every year yeah. they don't have the same categories. Like, this year we had, you know, the most trending superstar, and they had oh. to have a match to decide. I mean, come on. That that to me was ri- ridiculous. I absolutely hated the fact that um, they needed to do that. I hated the fact that they had that stupid trending superstar of the year. They had four guys in the ring, and then Dolph Ziggler wins, and then Zack Ryder is picked. I mean, just nonsense. Um, the superstar of the year, the ma- I mean, stupid. The only time that the match whole thing kind of makes sense and it's not so bad is on draft night when they're draft. They're you know they're wrestling to see who gets the draft pick. I don't mind that so much, but other than that, I mean, it's retarded. Who cares? Who cares who the most trending superstar is? All the Twitter stuff. You know, they, I I saw the pipe bomb of the year. What? It was a bunch of nonsense clips that were just plain stupid. And then all of a sudden, CM Punk won. He came out with a mannequin that looked like John Laurinaitis. And I just, I, what, what was that? Why are you wasting my TV time with that garbage? Not to mention the whole J.R. Michael Cole mess. But, I mean, I'm sure you don't want to get into that considering how much we both hate it. But, sir, I mean, it was just stupid. It, the Slammies is dumb. They need to stop doing it, get rid of it. Or, like you said, 
um, pick the same awards because it's just a gimmick to try to get certain people slammies. I mean, who that cares about that crap? Right. What about point number three? All right, sir. Point number three. Sir, point number three. What about John Cena? We have the return <laughs> of the one and only Kane, Glenn Jacobs. Sir, did you were you able to catch that? I caught it uh, this this evening on DVR because I, after ten, after ten o'clock, by ten twenty I started snoozing and I was on the couch. So I was like, I'm going to say so. I kind of missed the live reappearance of Kane resurrected. Yeah, he's resurrected. Right? He had some weird uh, some weird man in the iron mask thing going on, and then he or a predator without the dreadlocks. He had like a wig going, and then he had another cat mask, which is pretty cool. You could tell underneath it. Um, was Glenn Jacobs. What's interesting, sir, if you could believe this, I'm listening to Justin's show today. Do you believe people thought that, that was Undertaker in the cane mask? Oh, boy. Uh, they're, they're lost. <laughs> Absolutely stupid. And uh, I just it just amazes me that people are that dumb. He doesn't look anything like the Undertaker. It looked exactly like Kane. They showed a close-up. It's him. You can see that crazy eye of his. But um, the mask with the wig, I'm not sure where that's going, but it was nice to see Kane back in the ring. He looks to be in great shape, so... Um, it looks like they're headed for a Kane-John Cena feud, which should be interesting, and I'm happy about it because it keeps John Cena out of the title picture. You, find, I mean, you say it's interesting, but my whole gripe with WWE is that the, the lack of continuity. So explain to me how all of a sudden they're trying to make John Cena, um, they're trying to force it down our throat in a weird way that they want him to go heel, and now they're pitting him against Kane, who obviously is a heel because he's coming back with the mask and he's evil and whatnot. And explain to me how, like, John Cena and Kane make sense from your point of view. It doesn't make sense. And actually, what would have made sense is him going after Mark Henry. He broke into the Mark Henry match going after John Cena because Henry's the guy who put him out of action. So I want to see how they address that whole thing and where that goes. But other than that, sir, I um I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know what, what possible sense does it make to have <laughs> Kane go after John Cena. I mean, you tell me, sir. You're the... You're the expert here. You're the smart mark, as it were. Yeah, I mean, to me, the, that's what really gets me about the WWE is that the lack of continuity is, you know, you were telling me how they, they might drop some storylines. They, they, you know, the whole, like, Nash, Triple H thing, like, was going to get dropped at one point. Now it's on again. I, I, I hope from seeing, you know, Road Dog on TV this past Monday, I can only hope that there's going to be some kind of interference during that match or this leads to... One big work, and all of a sudden they're going to screw John Laurinaitis, reform DX, and just try to take over the company that way. Sir, honestly, that for me would be great. I would love it. I would totally buy into that. I mean, if Shawn Michaels comes back, even as just a mouthpiece, if Billy Gunn came back, to have that, I mean, this is shame Scott holds out, but to have DX come back in some way, shape, or form, I'd love it. They they could do it for a year. They could sell merchandise like crazy. You could extend Nash's career in the WWE. You could extend Triple H. All these guys could, could on and off wrestle and not wrestle full-time and kind of basically all make up one group that wrestles part-time. But because of that, you don't have to have Triple H wrestle every week. You don't have to have Nash every week. You don't have to have anybody any, every week because you could have the Outlaws one week. You could have Nash and... Um, Hall, um, National Hall, National Trips as like the new outsiders. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can go, so many different routes. And I, honestly, sir, I'd love it. I would buy into it. I'd, I'd start watching again on a regular basis. We've said it before, but if it wasn't for this show, 
we wouldn't even watch wrestling. And I'm getting to the point where I'm hardly watching it because I have so many other more important things going on, like with my daughter and everything else there. Yep. This Sunday is the TLC pay-per-view, and we really haven't even touched upon that. And the fact that, you know, we're not ordering it, and I, I don't know, only – I hate to say it, so I'm going to say it. Only losers would order this pay-per-view because, let's just face it. <laughs> you mean losers like many, Dave LaGreca and Doug Morton and all those guys? Right. There's just too many pay-per-views in the year for the WWE. And, you know, the only match that might be interesting is the triple threat for the WWE title because CM Punk doesn't have to be pinned or submit to lose his title. But God forbid that they give the, the title back to Del Rio. I would hate that. The only thing that makes sense is Punk retains or somehow Miz takes the title into the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. But um, at this no, point, no, sure, no way. Uh, Punk is going to win. There's no doubt in my mind. Punk win. If anything other than if anything happens other than Punk winning, I would be shocked. Um, honestly, at this point, what I would love to see, and you know, this again would get me even more interested, would be if they if they basically just said, all right, what we're going to do is. We're going to have Punk win the title, uh, keep the title at this pay-per-view. Going into the Royal Rumble, he's going to cut this whole promo about he's, how he's never losing a, the title and never losing this and that. So what he would do, sir, is that he would then change the title, bring back a classic belt a la Cody Rhodes. And I know we've talked about this. So I don't want to get too into it. But that, to me, would be the perfect the perfect thing to do because it proves he's beaten Del Rio twice. Del Rio's out. He's no longer going to be a factor. And then you can go from there to have Punk really establish himself as quote unquote the man and put his mark on the on the WWE championship and whatnot, sir. Right. And then I guess the only other match that might be interesting is the whole like what happens, how do we get resolution between Kevin Nash and Triple H? I mean, I, I don't see one or the one or the other one or the other killing or crushing the guy and then his career is over. Obviously, um Nash can't be put out or unless he's here only for like a three month contract like Bret Hart was, but I don't see how that match is going to end in any way either. I mean, well, I mean, it's I not going to be something there, sir. But if, like, like you said, if they could bring in the road dogs, they could bring in these guys to to do something to to reform DX, to reform uh, a DX NWO, anything like that. I mean, I would buy it hook, line, and sinker. But we'll see. You know, this this is going to be the kind of thing probably where they don't go that route and they keep this animosity going and it just kind of further escalates it. What's interesting to me, sir. I can't believe we're talking so much about WWE, but I have another point that now I have to mention about the uh, It Begins promo, so let's let's just hold that for a second. But what's interesting about this whole situation is that do you remember a couple years back when Shawn Michaels made his return, or five years back when he made his return to WWE after a long hiatus? Yeah, what about it? You remember what tri- the, the angle they played with Triple H and Shawn? Uh, refresh, refresh the PG audience. <laughs> All right. Sean couldn't wrestle. He came back. They had that whole attack, the whole sledgehammer attack to his back. And then it ends up being this. Triple H was the guy who attacked him. They had the video footage and the, the parking lot and everything. That's basically the same thing going on here with Nash and Triple H, but in reverse, where Triple H is the guy who's being attacked and trying to be taken out of business, and Nash is the one attacking him with the sledgehammer. So I thought that was kind of interesting. They're kind of going the opposite route with Triple H now being on the receiving end of the sledgehammer attack. Because, I mean, let's be honest, this... this the story is disjointed as it's been with both guys missing. It's about the only interesting thing in WWE TV right now because Alberto Del Rio is horrible. Like, I mean, I can't believe how how far his the, the shine has fallen off of him because he I thought he was really on his way up, and now he's kind of just treading waters there. You're right. So let's, um, you know, obviously we're not ordering TLC. We'll we'll find out the results either early uh, late Sunday night or early Monday morning. Uh, just not a pay-per-view that I'm not interested at all. And in fact, 
Royal Rumble is my second favorite pay-per-view of the year, and I'm not interested in that either. So that's where, that's where the WWE stands in my book these days. And um, the one thing that the WWE does get right is the extracurricular activities that they do, like the Make-A-Wish Foundations, um, the different tribute charities. To the yeah, and tonight the tribute to the troops. The only thing I don't get, I don't know if it's a money issue or if because you know Obama wanted all the troops to come home before December 31st, they're, they didn't have the um, their show tonight overseas in Iraq, sir. They had it in North Carolina. I don't know if you knew that. Really, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's still going on right now, but they're not at like that um, that makeshift arena. Yeah, they're not at that makeshift arena. They didn't record it like two months ago. Usually, they go in October or November and record this um, and then play it right about this time, right about Christmas time. But uh, they're in North Carolina, and again, I don't know if that's because Obama was, um, you know, his order to to recall all the troops and bring them all home before December 31st. So, uh, but that that kind of stuff is always the WWE always gets an A plus in my book because I think Vince really does a good job with that kind of stuff. No doubt. Vince does an amazing job with that kind of stuff, sir. The last point I want to touch on WWE before we get into uh, wrestling, before we get into football to close out the show, is the It Begins promos. I'm not sure if you've seen them, but they've been coming on for the past four weeks, and now all of a sudden the, the young boy in the classroom with those religious, the Bible references is now talking about she, and she's going to be the one to tell me to come back, and she's going to be the one... So there have been theories going out that it's Chris Jericho, and that Jericho is going to come back for some odd reason. They think that she is going to be Stephanie McMahon. Um, but I have another theory. My theory is that he has called himself, remember, he was the best in the world. I'm the best in the world at what I do. He was doing that whole thing. Right. I believe the she that he's referring to is actually the WWE title. And Jericho, obviously, being a multiple-time champion, you know and you've heard it referenced. Men, and Justin touched on this, for whatever reason, men... You know, that's my baby. The car is my baby. Men tend to put female characteristics to uh, inanimate objects. I don't know why that is. But they'll say she, you know, we're going after her, and she's she's the crown jewel. So I believe he's talking about the title. The title is calling him. And I believe the plans, as of now, from what I keep reading on the Internet, are Jericho against Punk for the title. Uh, maybe not for the title, but at WrestleMania, which would be an amazing match from a work rate standpoint and a microphone standpoint. You don't get At this day and age, you do not get better than that. Than those two, which would be great. I'd like to see a face Jericho against a face Punk because we know heel versus heel matches don't work. Face versus face matches can work. So I believe that's where he's going. He's going to come back uh, in two weeks. Um, you know, when we do our first show of the new year, we'll be able to, to touch on that because that, that will have happened already. So we'll know if it's Jericho or not. But um, I believe that's what he's referring to. Punk calls himself the best in the world. Jericho said he was the best in the world. So I think that's where we're going, sir. That, that's the plan right now. That would be great to have Chris Jericho come back to WWE TV. I mean, he saved us one time. I don't know if he saved us completely, but I, I, I just I don't know if it's just that I'm nostalgic or I just love the era of when we had so many different superstars. But I just think that the roster is so thin, and you know you only have a couple guys at the main event. I mean, bring back Jericho, bring back Shawn Michaels on TV, even if it's a non-wrestling role, bring him back to be in charge of DX or, or whatever you want to call it, NWO. Um, do something to to spark my interest again because I'll be honest with you, the road to WrestleMania is very rocky right now. <laughs> well, well, that's that's the thing. So I would love to have the some of those people come back, like a Trish Stratus, like Alita, even if it's part time at The Rock. I'd love to have them come back and just wrestle and just make wrestling interesting again. It's unfortunate, but they've done a bad job of building stars. They've done a bad job of replacing those stars, so they keep having to go back. Look, look at look at the financial. 
boon that The Rock has been. The fact that WrestleMania sold out in like 30 minutes, 100% due to The Rock. The fact that the Survivor Series got a big buy rate, you know, and I'm sure it got a big buy rate. It hasn't come out yet, but because of The Rock, I mean, he, he sold out Madison Square Garden. His name carries weight. The fans love him, so they need those names from the past, sir, because they can't seem to build stars of their own. A guy like Cena will never be on the level of someone like a Steve Austin or The Rock. That's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Good way to end this segment, sir, because I think we should spend the rest of the time talking about both our football teams. I mean, I'm going to start off with you and give me your take on the Giant game Sunday night and then their game against the Redskins. I I know you had picked the season to be over, but believe it or not, folks, the Giants are in sole possession of first place. Well, they have a half-game lead. They're, they have the same exact record as the Cowboys, but now that they beat the Cowboys head-to-head, they're a half a game up. And guess what, sir? The season's not over. It looks like you probably will be making the playoffs. Sir, I can't believe the Giants pulled off that win. I can't believe they, they won. I actually gave up on them like I tend to do, like I love to do. Uh, you can call me whatever you want, but the fact is that my hatred uh, of what they do, I, I ch- change the channel, change the game, whatever the case is. It just seems to work. When I rip the Giants on Twitter, when I tear them a new one, and I say the Giants are done, Coffin's going to get fired, get Bill Cowher in here, the Giants tend to just, just go nuts. They they know that I'm talking about them. They know that they're a topic on the Pure Gold Airwaves, so they decided to just uh, wait till last minute and just be amazing, sir, because that that win was nothing short of uh, miraculous. And Eli Manning truly is becoming one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL because he just knows how to win. He knows how to get the job done. If if the Giants don't make the playoffs, if anything happens, it, trust me, it'll be Coughlin's head on a stick. But Eli is not to blame. I think he's really taking a step up. He's not one of the best three or four, but I think he's getting up there in terms of uh, his status in the NFL. Sir, he's just excellent, uh, you know, play uh, clock manager when it comes to the end of the game, and he just knows how to drive a team down when it matters in the fourth quarter and win. He could be lights off for three quarters, but lights on for that fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, the one thing sometimes you have to realize is I know that like sometimes you get too hard on your team. You also have to realize that the, the team that they're playing, and in the Cowboys, let's not forget this is a team that lost in overtime the week before, and they had the game won basically with their kicker, and then basically the coach called a timeout on their, the, his own kicker, and then his you know the next kick is a, a miss, and the game you know goes into overtime. So the fact that the the, the Cowboys' psyche is not always there. And I don't know, you know if you know this, but the Giants are undefeated in that new stadium in Dallas. Yeah, they're I believe they're three and zero out there. Right. So the fact that they had that stuff, and I knew that the Giants' offense was going to put up some points, and it was basically a shootout, and that's what the Giants need to do. They got the win, however well, ugly it was. Can't get the job done, considering everybody's injured and Tuck is a shadow of his former self. Sir, what do you think about Mr. Jason Pierre-Paul? The man is an absolute beast. Mike said it today. He's basically a one-man highlight reel, and the fact that the Giants. You know, drafted this guy because he's athletic. A lot of the times, those things don't work out. But they really they hit the jackpot with this kid. I mean, I'm I'm amazed that he's this good. And and everybody's talking about him. They're saying if he's on a Pro Bowl, Chris Collinsworth said if he's on a Pro Bowl, they need to check the voting system because he's been an absolute monster this year. I mean, he if you could say single handedly, but he carried the defense on his back Sunday, and he's the reason why the why the defense was able to do anything against and put pressure and blocked. He blocked. The game-winning, uh, the game-tying field goal to to end the game, sir. I mean, and this kid was getting sacked. He caused the safety that ended up being a big part of the the Giants. The reason the Giants were able to uh, to get up there, sir. I mean, it was the difference in the game for the most part for quite a while. There's no doubt that you know he's a beast, like you said. I mean, I don't think the Jets ever get people like this. I mean, it's only the second year, 
and the guy was all over the field. I mean, sure, the Giants put up, uh, gave up 34 points, but when it counted the most, I mean, he put pressure, he he blocked the the game tying kick. So, uh, kudos to him, and I do think he's a Pro Bowler, sir. So, um, you know, you you got the win. Like I said, however ugly it was, you got the win in Dallas, and now you come home to play the Washington Redskins. Um, you're not looking, you're not thinking a letdown game, are you? No, no, I'm not. I think the Giants are going to win this one. I think they're going to win it uh, handily. They'll find the way, sir. I think the Giants. Um, I'm going to reverse course because the Giants tend to, you know, they've played, they've showed up the last two games. What's interesting to me, sir, to lose 38 to 35 and then to win 37 to 34 two weeks in a row. That's that's almost like a scary, odd coincidence. Um, the Giants seem to be playing harder. Their defense isn't going to stop much, but they're going to outscore the, the Redskins, I believe, and I think that they're going to win um, Sunday. They have to win Sunday, which means that they would be okay. I mean, they should they should win out all four. They're going to need to. But if they were to lose to the Jets, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be so soul-crushing. And then uh, they'd have to just beat the Cowboys again, sir. So I do believe that they're going to beat the, the Redskins this week. Yeah, I agree. I don't see a letdown in the Giants this week, uh, only the, for the fact that the Redskins – Defense is not that good. I think they have a lot of injuries too. But they they put up some uh, good amount of points against the Patriots this week. Although they were at home, they come up to MetLife Stadium this week, and I don't think that they. I think the Giants carry the momentum into this week, and um, you know they they probably win a pretty convincing game, like twenty four to ten type game. I just think that the Giants won't let down this week, and uh, which will set up an interesting game on Christmas Eve. Let me tell you. Yeah, speaking of uh, that whole Christmas Eve situation, sir, talk to us about your team. Talk to us about the New Jersey Jetropolitans. <laughs> well, I pretty much called it dead on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't think the Chiefs would score a touchdown. They did score a late touchdown. Um, it was pretty much a route all the way through. Mark Sanchez got healthy again. He had two rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns. First Jet quarterback to do that ever. So I think that the the defense, though, I don't know if you know about this, but they lost Jim Leonard again, his knee uh, he blew out his knee again, so he's out for the season. So um, a safety, especially the one that makes the call, like calls out the plays to the rest of the defensive, uh, defensive team, is a huge blow to the team, not only because he's a good player on the field, but he also makes the call. So um, I don't know how good this defense is going to last the rest of the year. Um, I do think that they go into Philadelphia, and it's a really scary game. Philadelphia, even though they're almost mathematically eliminated, I just think that's a tough place to play in for the Jets, and um, I can only hope for one of those close, close, close games like 27-24 because um, I'm kind of worried about this week because I just don't know if the Giant, the Jets could protect Mark Sanchez against that defensive line of the Philadelphia um, Philadelphia Eagles. The, they just love to get to the quarterback, and um, you know the Jets' offensive line is not that good. This, so I, I can only hope that the Jets eke one out, and then it will. I mean, we could we should do the whole show. Um, if the Jets win and the Giants win and, and how important, it's not as important for the Giants, like you said, because they just have to beat the Cowboys again and win the division. But how great is it, other than the fact that it's Christmas Eve, that the Giants are playing the Jets the next to last game of the season, and it kind of means something for both teams? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that would be an amazing That's going to be an amazing game, no no doubt. But I have a feeling that it's going to mean a little bit more to the Jets and the Giants because I think the Giants, the Giants now control their own destiny more so than the Jets do. And I think the Giants can win this week and then go and, uh, you know, be home and beat the, the Cowboys. They're obviously going to make it into the playoffs. But, sir, uh, you know, give me, give me your thoughts. Uh, the, the Jets, I know you're picking them this week. Um, what do you think is going to happen, sir? you think the Jets are going to make it in? Um, I think if they win this week, I think they do make it in because I just um, 
I think that the Giants might. I'm not going to say they're going to let up against the Jets, but I think that um, the 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 more desperate team is gonna is gonna win that game. And I think the Jets are the more desperate team, even though um, the Giants have a great offense. I don't know about their defense, and I sometimes feel like the Jets' defense is a little better. They're, both teams are banged up defensively, but um, it's it's in front of the Jet crowd, which I always think that's an advantage for the Giants actually, because they get one less road game for the season because they're essentially playing in their home stadium. I mean, even though the Jet fans are allowed to come into the field, uh, into the stadium, um, they're not allowed to come on the field. So there's no real advantage that way. I think the advantage always goes to the team that is designated the road team. So basically the Giants had seven road games and nine home games this year, which is really good for them. So I think that the Jets hopefully equal out this week and then sets up a great, you know, I don't want to even talk about the Christmas Eve game until the Jets get past this game. So, um, you know, th- yeah. those are your two picks for this week. And then looking around the league, I, I mean, Green Bay Packers, they're they're 13-0. and I-, I don't think anybody's going to stop them now, so I think they're going to go 16-0. and You think they're going to win it all, sir? I don't want. To, I don't want to say they're going to win it all because let's let's look at what happened in 2007 with the New England Patriots. I mean, everyone thought that this team was going to run away with it after they went undefeated. So, um, Mike Francesa's theory is that it's actually going to hurt them if they go undefeated into the um, into the playoffs because you know they'll have that pressure um, right. week and it'll build up every week all the way up until the Super Bowl if they make it that far. So, um, I think their well, defense is very suspect. Yeah, you're right. They are suspect. It definitely goes against you in terms of. Um, you know, in terms of all that that whole situation, sir, because you're going into this whole mess thinking, all right, oh, we need three more games, three more games, three more games. Well, it's almost like better to get the monkey off your back, lose, and then win it all. I'd prefer a title and, you know, being one game, being 18-1 and one and winning a title versus, you know, going undefeated, um, you know, the whole way and then losing uh, being 18-1. and one. You know, but the same thing. I would prefer they lose now and win it all than to just, you know, win it all and then end up in, in the uh, the final game, the Super Bowl, like the Patriots did, to lose, sir. So, I, I mean, hell, if they had to lose two or three games, I don't care as long as they win the title. You know, if I was a – obviously, if I was a Packers fan, that's what I want. I, I'm, I'm not so concerned with the undefeated. It would be great, but if it means that I'm going to lose in the Super Bowl, then I take a loss now and bite the bullet and go from there. Right, and I guess the only other storyline going in the opposite direction is the Indianapolis Colts, who announced this week that Peyton Manning would not be seeing the field for the rest of the year. So they're they're probably headed to an 0-16 season. And how funny is it that some reporters, the ones that get to vote for the MVP, may actually cast some votes for your favorite quarterback, Peyton Manning, just because for the fact that the fact that he hasn't played tells you how important he is to the team that hasn't won a game. So he might actually get some MVP votes, even though he didn't play at all. That That's very interesting, I think. You know, it is interesting, but, I mean, honestly, it shows, it, it, you know, that aside, it really does show you how important he is to his team because, sir, they can't win a game without him. I mean, they're regularly, they're, they're perennial 10-game, you know, 9, 10, 11-game winners, and they can't even win a game without Peyton Manning. So to me, that goes to show you that, He's just that important. He's that damn good, and they need him. So I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of people voted for him because he's proven by his absence just how important he is to his team and to his franchise and to the, the, fate, the fate of the, the Colts. You know, so we'll see. We'll see where that goes. There's that whole suck for luck thing that's been going on. So I'm not sure if, if they're doing that, but we'll kind of see where where that ends up, sir. But uh, Peyton is definitely uh, you know one of the the best quarterbacks on the planet, one of the all-time greats, and his lack. 
you know, lack of his presence has just hurt the team so much that the, the Colts are just a, a, a sham, sir. You're right. So we'll see where the Jets and the Giants basically finish. Uh, we'll see how they how they face against the Redskins and against the Eagles. Um, and then I know next week, sir, you want to just preview that. We have uh, a, a great guest on, for, and then we can just break down some other stuff. Are you talking about Kim Jones? Oh, I am. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, next Tuesday we have the one and only, the incomparable Kimberly Jones. From SNY, from yes, you're gonna to have to tweet her, sir. Make sure you can, make sure you remind her. A little, little uh, <laughs> off the air joke between Joe and I, but hopefully Kim will will call in. Um, you know, we're excited to have her on. So you know, considering what happened with our uh, again off the air with our whole situation on WFAN, um, <laughs> it'd be great to have Kim on this show, sir. So we're looking forward to having her on next Tuesday and the week after that is Amber Joe Watkins, who was Miss Pennsylvania. 2011, JB. So why did the chicken cross the road? Um, to GTH. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You you were absolutely right about that. I mean, there's no, there's no uh, if ands or buts about that. Yeah, I just wanted to get that soundbite in. <laughs> yeah, it, there's right. a soundbite. There's a soundbite for you with all your little little jokes there, sir. Um. But yeah, sir. I mean, uh, tell us anything. Uh, anything else going on before we close the show off? Go to hell! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I think that might say it all. <laughs> I think that says it all, sir. Yeah, no, you, you you're definitely right. Um... Go to hell! Sorry, I just had to rewind that a little bit. <laughs> but sir, um, it's it's been it's been a privilege as always to to have this show to be a part of the show. It's just. Uh, you know, just I like got Road two Dog words said. for you. You're <laughs> old. I mean, what that's what Road Dog said last night. Unbelievable, sir. I mean, he was on. He was on the show. He was on WWE television talking about PG. But uh, you know, sir. Again, it was great. It was an honor. It was a privilege to have uh, Miss Twenty Miss New Jersey 2012 Michelle Leonardo joining us. She's a great guest. You know, obviously we hope to have her on in the future. She actually tweeted me that anytime I need a co-host, to definitely let her know. And since she's so into sports and she wants to be the next Erin uh, Andrews, I mean, this would be the perfect place for her, sir. This would be the absolute uh, perfect place for her to, uh, <laughs> you know, to be a, to be a part of the show and co-host and get her start in that whole vein, sir. But uh, you know, we appreciate her coming on, and obviously we're looking forward to all the wonderful guests that we have. So. Folks, we thank you for listening. We thank you for being a part of the show. We just thank you for, you know, doing what you do and being the, the PG audience. Sir, any uh, anything before we go? Oh, what the hell oh, was that? Jeez, what, what is going on here? I'm, I'm not sure, sir. Uh, yeah, so anything before we uh, sign off? Joe in Wallington. What's up, Joe? <laughs> Hey, oh, Mike. Mike's calling in. <laughs> of course, of course. Folks, once again, thank you for listening. Thanks for being part of the show. If you'd like to call in next week, 714-364-4721. Don't forget to check us out, puregoldpg.com, the greatest show, the greatest uh, website on the planet. This will be up tomorrow, so you can listen to the show 50 times if you'd like. Um, but, of course, for JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it P. Uh, What's the name of your shop? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure (laughs) Gold. Good night, everyone.